What's up, everybody? Welcome to the next episode, Buck and Sock News Podcast, powered by Two Bulls. I'm Kyle Lippincott. First off, I want to apologize. Uh, it's been since the like second week of October um, since our last episode, but it's been hammered down. AVBI PBR World Finals, uh, getting back and having to catch cows and wean calves myself. Um, I've been trying really hard to keep the content out there but this time of the year it seems like uh is more busy than most and the day is half as long so i just want to apologize to everybody um we are working on that on kind of getting back into our routine um but i want to kick this one this one off uh, just like all the other ones with a weekly schedule uh presented by two bulls fortified with sqm minerals um there's three events i want to touch on real quick first of all for everybody listening um, if you if you have an event, open event, sanctioned event, whatever it may be, bucking horse event, uh, get with us on Facebook or send me a text or something. Let me know. Um, I, I don't post everybody's banners uh, for them events. I would get too too hectic. Um, if you want to do, you know, we do do special advertising packages uh, to help promote your event. But but everybody is welcome uh, to have their event posted on our weekly schedule. Uh, something that we offer to to the public. Um, we try to promote these events, get them out there, make sure you guys get entries. Uh, and, and so, before we go any further, just get with me if you have an event coming up, and uh, I'll make sure to get it on the schedule. Uh, but first of all, December seventh, the books are open today. Evolution Bull Competitions, Venita, Oklahoma, yearlings and two-year-olds with a rider. Uh, it is a bring your own rider event. There may or may not be some uh, riders there on hand, but nonetheless, uh, be a good place to get your two-year-olds bucked with a rider um, for the first time or two. The next is going to be ABBI's National Cattlemen's Beef Association Fraternity and Derby. Uh, before I get into the details of the of the fraternity, the derby uh, is going to be the end of February, I believe, maybe the beginning of March. I'll, I'll have all this stuff posted um, with, with with it in front of me. But that's going to be for Revolution Calves uh, for their Derby event. As there's always been a Derby event listed on the Revolution schedule, that's what that's going to be. A a Tour and Pro PBR, National Cattlemen's Beef Association, San Antonio, Texas. For the fraternity part, it's open to to the world per se. Uh, 16th, 17th, and 18th, Venita, Oklahoma. They're they're shooting for around 200 at bulls. They're going to take the top 50 to San Antonio to, uh, to buck for a 50,000 added short round. Uh, it's going to be an outstanding event. Bucking bulls in front of new eyes. Um, the, the the largest cattle association in in the country. It's going to be it's going to be it's going to be awesome. Uh, second or third lead last event I want to touch on here as we we round out the end of the year coming into 2020. Uh, the Bucking Trifecta. I'm sure if you guys follow our Facebook page, you've got to you've seen or read a little bit about that. Uh, it's going to start. I think the books open a week from today. Um, but it, there's three events, one-time entry fee. Your bull competes at all three events. Um, at those three individual events, based on 50 entries, it'll pay over 10,000 to win first. Um, if your bull can win all three events, hence the trifecta, you'll, you'll receive a $25,000 bonus. Pretty cool stuff going on, guys. Um, make sure to kind of pay attention to our Facebook page. 
um, as as we'll get the exact dates on on the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. I know it's the 16th, 17th, and 18th in Venita, um, but the actual dates in San Antonio. Um, there's lots of cool stuff going on, guys. But this episode, uh, Laramie Wilson joins me. Uh, we had a great time in Las Vegas, calling all the shots um, during the the fraternity world finals there. Uh, it was great. We, we really enjoyed it, commentating the bulls, talking about genetics, talking about the trainers, the handlers, the owners. We really had a blast. Uh, and in this episode, basically what we did, if you couldn't have been there, you, you, you had a hard time keeping up, um, this episode is for you. Uh, ABBI PBR World Finals Recap. And here it is with Laramie Wilson. Laramie, uh, here on the, the podcast, gonna we're going to kind of recap the – the ABBI and PBR World Finals. Um, you and I, is kind of a last-minute deal brought up by you and Katie. Uh, we were standing there talking, and you said, are you going to do anything on the live deal? And I said, well, I had planned on it. Well, day rolls on. Next thing you know, you and I are commentating 487 head of bulls, and, heck, I, I expect to do a lot more of it. I, I sure had fun doing that. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. I kind of want to stick my mouth or my, my foot in my mouth just a little bit because when I asked you, I thought it would be like a a little live feed on Buckingstock News or something. And then when it came about, it was ABBI's live feed along with Ride Pass. I, I thought I kind of got myself in a little deep, but I had a lot of fun and it turned out pretty good. I thought I've, I've had a lot of positive feedback. So. Same same here. And for the, for the people that weren't there, maybe people that were that didn't catch on, heck, they even tried to put us over the house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I had to put a stop to that, so I, that's out of my comfort zone. <laughs> yeah, when you can for sure hear yourself talking. Uh, nonetheless, um, like I've already stated, we bucked 480-some-odd head of bulls, and, and some of them bulls went twice, uh, the two-year-old fraternity calves as well as the the classic bulls and, and the top five wild-card bulls uh, all, all bucked twice, the top 25 classic bulls, I guess. But anyways, um outstanding set of bulls kind of recap starting just by age group the the yearling finals i remember talking to you during the event and we bucked two days worth of yearlings i think there's 214 calves entered and we said that the calves get better and better top spot this year 83f hot rods for 93.4 points yeah and that calf uh he kind of surprised me because in person, I, I wasn't just the biggest fan of him and went a couple jumps before he turned back. But I've saw I've seen the video of him uh, a, a few times since then, and you want to talk about one that got off the ground and kicked through it. He uh, he looks like he has the tools not to only be a security standout, but I, I would be plum excited to put a rider on him just because he he does have all the tools and gets off the ground and kicks through it so good. And, and I remember we we were talking about that that bull did go a couple and stuff, but but you're you're right. Watching back on the video, not not only is he going to be hard to beat as a two year old, but he may be even tougher as a Derby and Classic bull. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. He he's definitely a bucker. They, they've got a good one in him. HD actually uh, came on talk to us a little bit about that bull being by Magic Maker, and I believe was a, a out of a buck autism daughter. And um, it was there was some other buck autism stuff that we've seen. HD talked real high of buck autism, 
and you yourself, you've you've even bred to a, a buck autism son. You're pretty high on on him also. Oh yeah, I'm a I'm a super big fan of buck autism. I I think uh, he was he may be one of the most underrated sires and I guess grandsires now if his daughters are starting to produce. Uh, just, just because not many people are going to remember him. They didn't get to see him a whole lot. Uh, he kind of had a – well, he didn't kind of – he did have a career-ending injury as a classic bull. And that's the only reason I, I want to say people don't remember him. But I remember a few trips of him with a with a dummy as a yearling. He wanted out there in Vegas. He was great as his two-year-old year. Uh, there was a video on Facebook of him as a derby bull from Decatur – and there's uh-huh. no telling how many shares. I mean, that thing went viral, I think, two it, or three times. Uh, and about he killing was, that guy? Yes, sir. Yep. He he was a bucker. I mean, he dang sure bucked. Uh, and he's definitely passing that off to his calves. That, that, that is no doubt. Uh, we all they, The ABBI also crowned a, a yearling year-end champion. B80 Pickle Moonshine and Shuler Bucking Bulls. Uh, raised by Sean and Bryson Dill. Did, did you ever get to see that bull very often? No, I didn't get to see him very often. The first time I remember seeing him was at the Heritage, uh, the Yearland Heritage this year, and that uh, that's where uh, Schuler and Hodges bought him. Is is there at the that's Heritage? Yeah, and I've seen him a few times since then. Riley took him to Riley Sanford Hall. Those bulls now. He took him to Border Town a time or two, and that bull was really good up there as well. Uh, he, he had a little bit of a bad day. He kind of left, got a bad start leaving there at the finals. But I, I think uh, Riley's going to do really good with that calf next year too. And he, he, that bull had lots of intensity and and kind of had the we were talking about the the, the finals yearling champion making a rider bull. That that bull there is, is ideal fraternity style style put together. And, and should probably last all the way till Vegas, I would assume, as a two-year-old. Yeah, I agree with you, and I think Riley does a really good job with those calves. And he's not afraid to buck one or hold him back. He, he's pretty good about managing each and every calf. Uh, I, I think he'll uh, be hard to beat this year because, like I said, he has lots of intensity, and he's built to be a maturity calf. Uh, the, the more I think about it, I'm kind of looking forward. I've been bucking my yearlings here at home. I was kind of looking forward to next year. And the more I think about how many good calves there were at Vegas, I don't know if I'm as excited anymore. <laughs> yeah, it was it was tough uh, for for everybody that'll be listening to this that was not in Vegas, hadn't seen the full results. Paid 20 holes in the in the open yearling fraternity, and uh, I want to say what was it, 88-60, 88 was was last hole. Eighty-eight sixty was last hole. Uh, well, I eighty-eight point eight split eighteenth and nineteenth, and then eighty-eight point four split twentieth and twenty-first. Wow, yeah, it was it was, it was unreal. And there's, that's not not to mention the the nineties that were stacked in in the top ten. Uh, <laughs> it, it was it was unreal. Uh, set of yearling calves. Um, moving on to the two-year-old fraternity now. The Bulls qualified. There, there was an open two-year-old fraternity there as well, uh, but the the two-year-old Bulls that qualified to the fraternity World Finals, uh, that that there, I don't I don't know if I want to say was the most exciting to watch because it was all outstanding. 
but those two-year-olds sh- showed up and uh 39e cherry bomb flint and dnh did not disappoint no it didn't and i still i go back and watch the video every now and then from that second round of of the charity finals and I, i'm still kind of shell-shocked that he landed the first jump and followed oh, up man. and kept bucking he was it, uh i get chills just talking about it yeah it was it was it was unreal uh the first round he was 92.60. Second round, he was 93.40 um, to, to beat out the the, the season leader, uh, Manaba, which, which he was still able to pull off. He was still over 90, um, but he was able to pull off the, the year-end fraternity world title. Uh, Manaba, that bull had an outstanding fraternity career this year. Yeah, he was, I want to say, starting in February – uh, twenty when he finally put it together, and he never let up from then on. From from February on, I don't know. I can remember one time he didn't win a check, and he fell down that one time. Mm-hmm. I there and there may have been more, but I just remember one time that Manaba wasn't uh, eighty eight plus. Uh, that that's pretty good bull. I did a I did when I did the little write up uh, on Facebook about him being the two thousand nineteen Security World Champion, if I recall right. He he was over 90 15 different times, and I I want to say he only had 18 outs uh, all year. I mean, so it's just like you said, if he was he was there to win first every time. Yep. Yeah, that's uh that that's pretty outstanding. <laughs> um, let me let me see here. I kind of had a there it is the open fraternity. We can we can move on into that. Well. The, so basically, the two-year-old fraternity kind of wrapped that up. Cherry Bomb clean sweeped them there. Uh, was outstanding both both outs. Uh, win the the finals. Reserve world champion Manaba was your year-end champion. Um, in the open fraternity, which would have been for two-year-old bulls not qualified to the world finals. E um, nine little Johnny ninety point eight gets a win there. Uh, more DNH and Buck. Uh, Little bit of a surprising deal when we talk about genetics. That bull had two really good trips in Vegas, uh, winning second at the Yearland deal two thousand eighteen, but he's a full brother to Long John. Yeah, and that that's a bull that it's it's kind of a I guess a bad deal. Uh that that bull is a really, really good bull and probably should have been in the Paturity finals. He just got hurt, so he didn't get to haul him and buck him as much as he'd like to this year. Uh, and that's the only reason he was in the open. And, and a lot of those bulls in the open kind of had similar stories. Uh, I remember uh, Boondog, he, he ended up third mm-hmm. in the in the open fraternity. And I got to talk to Scott Hughes, who hauls him after the open fraternity. And I remember saying a comment, because he was 90, and he was mm-hmm. as good as you could ask one to be. And I, I kind of made a comment on the commentary. And I don't know why he hadn't been hauling that bull all year. Well, he we got to talking, and him and his partners they decided at the beginning of the year they wanted to go for one year-end title in whatever association they decided happened to be the TBBA. So they they that that was their goal with that calf all year. That and they got to miss, they had to miss some of the bigger ABBI events, but their goal that's what they said at the beginning of the year is to go win it. And that's the only reason we didn't get to see him as much. Uh, at some of the larger events, but uh, 
and that's that's cool. And uh, um, did they did they achieve that goal? Did did Scott say? I, I'm not I'm not even sure. I just know that's that's what they had said is that yeah. was their goal, and that's why he didn't get to go. Uh, I do I do remember watching that bull and then talking to the judges afterwards. They were all about to about to throw the red flag uh, of a DQ. There there's no no telling how that bull landed that crazy move he had in the middle of his trip also. Yeah, you, I went back and looked at a still picture of some of my own bulls, but I, now that I'm talking about it, I want to go back and see if uh, Andy got any still pictures of that bull, because if he got some on one foot, that uh, that'd be <laughs> some pretty outstanding pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to the, to the Cowgirls. Uh, fraternity finals. Uh, these bulls qualified in the cowgirls division. Uh, this this class I remember talking about in the in the broadcast deal that the, the open fraternity was tough all year long, but this class here may may have been just as tough um, or or even tougher as we've seen uh, a couple women's bulls be the high mark bull of the event at a couple regular season stops. Yeah. That- the women's, uh, when it first came about, it, it was kind of like the youth. It, it was developed to get more people involved in the sport and the industry, but it, but it was also a place to kind of take some lower-tier calves. Uh, the, everybody put their good calves in the open, and they, they would give their, their kids or their wife a little bit weaker calf that they couldn't quite compete in the open. And, and that's the thing of the past. Anymore, the youth, the women's the open, they're all just as tough. It's going to take a, a 89, 90, 91-point calf to win any of them anymore. Uh, it, and we got to see that this year in Vegas, uh, as, especially with the women's. It, Yachty of Dennis and Jan Owens was 89.4 to win it. And that's uh, that's a pretty stout bull. I mean, that's, that's not like it was, uh, I'm going to say four years ago. Four years ago, it was a lot weaker than it is now. Oh yeah, by by far. And Yachty was was pretty cool to watch too. I know Jan, Dennis and Jan Owens raised that boy as a square head calf, and the, Jan had a hard time with him keeping his feet uh, there. It seemed to be at a few few of the events early on uh, that he ended up winning the winning the finals. But shifting gears of, of Katie's <clears throat> um, had a really good showing at the finals too. Ended up second, but was able to pull off the the year end. Cowgirls world champion. Yeah, and that that's another calf. She had a little bit of heck with that bull, kind of the middle of the year. He he started out pretty good, and then uh, I'm gonna say around March or so, it Seneca fell once or twice, and uh, he kind of stumbled at Belton, and she uh, she had all but almost given up on him, and kind of got him straightened back out. And he both him and Yachty both had a kind of late season push, and it come down to the last out of the finals for winning, deciding who won the year end. I think it come down to point one two. Uh, yeah, I, I do. I do think it was for person second was ex- extremely close. Uh, but that that bull there had, had been had been over ninety. Uh, I want to say three three or four times this year. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I do know you're talking about shifting gears or yeah, yep, yep. I, I do know uh, the the out that sticks out to me. As his best one was uh, in Brush, Colorado. He was 91, mm-hmm. and he was as good there as I've seen a maturity calf be all year. Just about he he was really really good. 
Very, very good. Um, moving on to the youth finals now. This was an open event uh, as the, the youth, I guess you could say, world finals had, had already concluded. Uh, Payson Parker winning the year in there. Payson had an outstanding year uh, with multi- with three calves, Dark Knight, Patches, and uh, Captain Crunch, which we got to see Dark Knight and Captain Crunch in the – they were in the open, right, in Vegas? Yes, yeah, but I want to say – Dark Knight might have ended up third. I think for the, I think you're right. For the finals. Yeah, he had, he was extremely solid. Just goes back to what you're saying. Uh, Payson competed with them Cavs in the youth all year, and and when they got over, got them qualified for the for the fraternity world finals to end up third amongst the the best 52 year olds in the country. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it doesn't matter what route you take anymore. It's tough everywhere you go. Um, with the youth class in Vegas, eighty six sixty. Uh, Gidry, 914, owned by Callie McWilliams. Uh, I didn't get to talk to Callie, um, but her her brother, Alex, uh, actually won, was the AFB champion there in Vegas. Uh, but I was doing a little filming when they were happened to be unloaded, unloading, and uh, I seen that black bull that, of hers that actually win uh, the youth deal, and I thought he was a really, really good-looking bull, but seems like Callie and her brother had a good showing in Vegas winning the youth along with the bullfights. Uh, yeah, for sure. And uh, something to touch on on that, that Gidry 914 calf. He, if I remember right, he's a wild thing son mm-hmm. out of a daughter of Party Girl, uh, which, which we can touch on a little later. But uh, P- Party Girl kind of had a pretty good showing out there in Vegas too. She, uh, she, she very – very well did. Uh, we didn't talk about it uh, in the in the fraternity deal. If we talked about every good calf there was, we could talk for three hours. But uh, it's a party round two. Uh, a bruiser out of party girl embryo calf Cody Lostros, uh was the best that he had been all year, um, and was ninety two ninety two forty or something uh, ninety two plus just to be safe uh, was outstanding. And he was what the very first bull we bucked on the second day. Yep, very first bull out of the shoe, and he, I, I want to say he was only 87, 88 or so in the first round. Uh, come out, first bull out, second day, uh, 92 and some change, and he did everything right. There there was nothing – I mean, he jumped two foot off the ground. He kicked through every jump. He turned back in the gate. Uh, if you could paint a picture of, of a bull that looked just like his daddy – it's a it's a party was just like Bruiser for four seconds. Oh. He jumped, he kicked, he turned back in the gate. Uh, you, you want to talk about one that I'd be excited to put a rider on? I would be chomping at the bit right now. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he's I think Cody's pretty pretty excited. And that bull looks like he's going to be pretty good size uh, to be able to take a take a jockey and, and be pretty successful even as an early three year old. Uh, speaking of the three year olds moving into the Derby Finals, uh, Gordon Terry McCoy's Midnight Rock. Uh, this is going to lead us into something else here, um, but he he had an outstanding showing. Uh, I didn't didn't really get a chance to talk to you about it because we weren't uh, we didn't commentate the 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 Velocity Tour deal with the Derby and the Wild Card. That was the first two events that that ever even happened in Vegas while we were there. But it looked like um, not taking anything away from Midnight Rock, he was outstanding. But the three year olds there were a little bit weak. You could. Uh, I, I like to say you, you could tell the, the border town three-year-olds and guys don't try very hard and fall off right around the corner. Uh, and you put put a, a PBR caliber rider 
uh, a lot of them bulls got spurred pretty pretty easily. Well, that's right. And not taking away from Midnight Rock at all, he, he kind of stood out. And uh, in my opinion, he might could have been another point or so. He was kind of in the league of his own. But but the Derby as a whole, like you said, was was pretty weak. Uh, the bulls that were really good all year long, uh, it, it kind of was a little bit different story when you got to Vegas and had a little bit different caliber rider on them. Uh, and not taking away from any of them because there was some good bulls, but the, the and, quality and of it, riders, uh, yeah, it, separate themselves then. Very, very much so. And and it looked like it could be a, a maturity stage too. Some of those three-year-olds looked a little bit small, and 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 you get a, a quality guy pull a little rope and then actually knows how to ride one instead of jumping off. Um, it's it's a whole different ball game. Um, but with Midnight Rock, a couple points. Uh, there was somebody else that thought he was as good as we did, Laramie, uh, bringing 90000 for half interest in, in the premiere sale later on in the week. Yeah, uh, that's a pretty good weekend for Cord and Sarah. They win 25500 in the Derby and then 90000 for half interest in him and still get to take him home and haul him all year as a classic bull. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's pretty good right there. But the three-year-olds, uh, I'm looking at it right here, um, 1622 bless to Halpain and Scooter Hackett's. Um, that bull really showed out with 8880 to win second, uh, and they ended up selling half interest in him for 40,000. And and uh, th- that guy doubled his bid and, and bought the whole bull. Uh, top two bulls in the premier sale that that changed hands were three year olds. Well, that's right, and and I think that goes to show people are kind of starting to pay attention now. I remember for a while it might have been four-year-olds that were going on to PBRs or high-selling bulls, but now these people are buying a, a, a three-coming four-year-old knowing they got a year to make money, make some of their money back on their initial investment before going to see him at the Unleash the Beast tour and seeing him on TV week in and week out. And and it's, I mean, it's, it's completely... Um a real a real possibility with with the amount of money available throughout the season and at the finals and the classics uh that that the guy that bought uh blessed for for 80,000 he he can make his money back. Well yeah, and that's just like this year the the classic world champion chiseled he uh he got a check for 200,000 at the finals, 100,000 for the year end, 100,000 for the finals champion. And that's not counting any of the regular season money he won. And I want to say he won 60-plus thousand. And I really don't feel like they campaigned Chiseled real, real hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was lots of other bulls that went a lot more places than Chiseled did. Exactly. And and he he was he was able to, uh, like you said, he held on. It says right here is, is uh, well, yeah, around a uh, little, little over 65,000. Uh, in, in 2019, with like you said, his bonuses was 265,000. Doesn't sound like like 80s a, a, a too bad investment if if that bull can keep up what he what he showed in Vegas. Well, that's right, that's right, and uh, it's all a gamble. Everything we do is a gamble. But <laughs> that that wouldn't be a bad return on your money. You uh you you already mentioned uh Chisel being the, the classic world champ. Um. As a four-year-old, we might as well talk. They were they were 95 and three-quarter points on him in round two, uh, a 47-point bull score, even even with a qualified ride. 
I know watching that ride and even on my drive home and stuff, rewatching it, that gave me goosebumps. Like that, there there hadn't been a bull in a long time try that hard at the eight second whistle as he did the first jump out of the bucket chute. No, and he brought it. He, it wasn't just the first jump. He didn't weaken. He brought it every jump. And uh, Ruben's just had uh, every answer for everything he pulled on him. <laughs> <laughs> that that he did. And and we were talking. We we talked quite a bit at the finals. Uh, we kind of touched on all all three of these bulls. But uh, when we talk about about a sire, Stone Sober sure had a a, a showing with with his offspring and and his daughters as well in Las Vegas. Yeah, he showed out uh, chiseled, uh, class four champion, being the son of him. The the boy that won the Derby of Cords, Midnight Rock, was a son of him, and then he's he's the dad to Cherry Bomb's mother. Uh, that that's three of your finals champions out there in Vegas that are either direct sons or out of direct daughters of Stone Sober. Uh, I I don't know if that's ever happened in the past, but but that's pretty impressive, and he's really not that old of a bull. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say eight or nine to have something in every age group placing. Uh, I, I think that's impressive as it is. It, you know he's going to work at every level, the purity game, the derby game, and the classics. And and that's not to say that next year uh, he might not have a another two-year-old in a derby. I, I guess bull of the year all the way down in every level that's- of Age definitely definitely something to to, to touch on uh, with with the derby two-year-olds and 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 his, his daughters being being what they are also it, that was that was an outstanding showing and i know looking at the genetics of them calves they they had it in the in the day sheet there stone sober was was by far had the best showing in vegas but there was quite a few different sires popping up uh remember we talked quite a bit about amigo too uh, and some others that uh, Magic Maker, so on and so forth. That uh, we got to see a lot of these these calves, and a lot of them were out of past superstars. You know, Buck Autism, um, Amigo Two. There was a there was a Jungle Fear calf there, and I think he kicked through the back of the bucking shoots and, and wasn't didn't have his day. Uh, but a lot of these past fraternity, really good fraternity competition bulls, even in the Derby and Classic stages, were are going on to produce. And I think that says a lot to to our our industry and in, in how far we've moved ahead with the registry, uh, increasing the odds of, of raising a bucker. Yeah, for sure. And the the one uh, t- touching back on a little bit, the one the one that stood out the most to me would have been the hocus pocus calf in the cell. Uh, he fell down, but he was a security standout. And if you've seen that yearling out of him. Uh, and I got to talk to Gerald about him yesterday, and I asked, that was the one thing I asked him, how are the rest of the Hocus Pocus calves? I've seen the one, or are the others as good as him? And he seemed pretty excited about what Hocus Pocus was doing for him so far. And it just going back on that, uh, the, the finger rolls, the it, it just, the list could go on. We could talk about uh, competition standouts from years past, that their offspring are standing out. Uh it's crazy to see how how fast we're moving genetic-wise and how much better the bulls are getting. If, if people think the bulls have gotten better in the last four or five years, it's, it's a little bit scary to think how far we're going to go in the next four or five. No no kidding. 
No kidding. Uh, don't want to miss out on on the wild card uh, silverback uh, of Danny Mason and, and his sister. Um, he he throwed off one of the the Sosa brothers there in, in the wild card, and that big gray sucker was pretty pretty outstanding there. Uh, got to move on with four other bulls in, in the wild card uh, to the PBR finals, and just wasn't quite his day drawing Jess Lockwood. Yeah, I didn't get a team with uh, Jess, but. When you say he threw off one of the Sosa brothers, that's not an easy task. Uh, mm-hmm. those, those guys are big and hard on one in the shoot and, and pull lots and lots of rope. I know Brazilians in general pull a lot, but they even pull more, pull more than the average Brazilian. And and he kind of manhandled him in that wild card competition. Uh, I, I talked to Danny uh, after after the performance the next day. He was actually out there letting him play in the in the sand pile and stuff and. He's telling me he bought that bull at uh, Jimmy Crowther's sale as a yearling, and the bull was pretty good sized. And he said he was really big as a as a yearling, and they just kind of let him be. And and that was their whole plan all all year long was to not blow a bunch of entry fee money at the at the classics and what have you, take him to the wild card. And I wish my plans would work out that good. And that's what they were what I set out to do, and that's what happened. Um, and he had a really good showing at the South Point. Uh, he was really, really good with Jess uh, for for about six and a half, seven seconds, and and he didn't he didn't have an answer for Jess and kind of went off down the buck and shoots. Uh, but I do think that bull is going to be a, a solid, solid calf. Um, kind of moving on here, next couple bullet points on my list. Uh, the the ABBI's Elite Yearling Sale. That's that's a pretty neat concept, and we were really pushing that. Uh, during the the performances on the on the live stream and, and ride path, uh, it was it was it was a perfect example of how the system's supposed to work. Last year, I remember this year as well. Um, Scott McMillan purchased a calf from Cactus Dodge and John Griggs for eighty two hundred. Uh, the the very next day, he, he was eighty nine and some change to win to win twenty four thousand. Uh, the the yearling sale, in my opinion, was was pretty fair. I uh, thought so I thought the Cavs did good and 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 they 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 performed too uh, with a chance on a return in their investment the the very next day. Yeah, I, it it is really a neat concept and I think it's kind of funny that and I think probably the the last two years I'm pretty sure maybe even three or four years. Um, it seems like the bulls that are high selling lot, those are the bulls that ain't quite got it figured out. Don't really have have all all their uh, stuff together yet, and that's not what comes back and makes their money back that next day and, and comes out on top. Uh, not saying they don't turn into good bulls. They they usually always turn into good bulls, and we see them as two-year-olds at the security finals. But but uh, if people do their homework, it seems like those kind of middle-of-the-run bulls, that's what come back and win uh, year in and year out. I remember it's always uh, kind of a Cinderella story like this. They pay six to eight thousand, and then the next day they come and win twenty or twenty-five thousand. Exactly, uh, and I, I could have a totally different uh, opinion about this, but but by listening to you talk, I think we're right on the same. Uh, Chris Ashby and Mike Daniels, they they came up to me uh, just out feeding, and they said, "Hey, what do you what do you like in this in this yearling sale?" And and my response to that initially was. Well, what are you what are you looking for? Are you looking for something to win tomorrow, or are you looking for something to win next year? And they kind of, I think, I mean, they they for sure understood what what I was meaning. 
but but just like you said uh that there's a there's a difference you know you you can buy a calf that maybe even could be a a, a three or a four year old and it's going to take a little work but has all the attributes and the tools uh or you can buy a calf for for quite a bit less than one of those are going to cost uh i mean in this in this instance more than triple their money the very next day right yep that's exactly right and I really don't think that was a bad calf in the wholesale. You just kind of have to do your homework and see, do I want to try to make my money back tomorrow or do I want to try to win the world as a two-year-old, a three-year-old, or a four-year-old? Because there's something for every level in that yeah. sale. It was it's sure sure an interesting deal uh, for everybody that's going to listen to this. It's definitely a way to, to get into the bull business uh, with a chance uh, to win money the very next day. Um, you may kind of pay attention when it gets closer to finals time next year uh with with some of them them lots uh coming up into the premier set or the the elite yearling sale um we can't we can't not talk about the pbr bull of the year smooth operator uh chad Berger and, and all of his partners that that bull has been a bull laramie you you may remember him more than me back in the ubbi days john donahoe cj pilsek but that bull did come through the system uh, I don't think he was quite as successful as a as a, a, a hocus pocus or, or some of them other calves, but but he he did come through the the game. I know he was entered as a two year old uh, and is now I believe as a nine year old or a ten year old the the PBR Bull of the Year. Yeah, and he he actually come through the the ABBI's premier sale uh, as a four year old. They. I remember the bull, not so much as a two-year-old. He he didn't really have the tools to to do it, but I remember him as a three- and four-year-old when John Donahoe was haunting. And you couldn't ask one to buck any harder. He would hop and skip, and John always bucked him at the left, he, and he went right. He'd go two and to the right, and he brought it every time. Uh, just kind of going back to the, those border town-type bull riders, you wouldn't always get to see him spin, and he kind of got overlooked a lot. Um John started taking him some built for tough classics, and he started winning a little bit. And I remember when they brought him out here or out to Vegas as a four-year-old, he placed in the classic. Uh, they ended up putting him in the sale, and I want to say bring 120000 that year. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I want to say uh, Jerry Harmon may have bought him and then sold him to Gene Owen. And Gene, I think, later sold him to Chad Berger. But as a five- and six-year-old, that bull was as ranked as you could ask one, I thought. He he was uh, not as conventional as he is now, if that makes sense. He oh, yeah. kind of hopped and skipped and was is pretty dirty about it. In my opinion, it was a lot harder to ride and kind of buck harder. Uh, since Chad's moved him to the right, He those, those riders seem to like getting on him a little better. They know he's going to turn back and got a chance to win the round. Um, I, I wouldn't I, say I really still yeah, very I'm not saying he's easy to ride by no means. He's just easier than he was. He doesn't have sure. those big hop and skip and jumps. Yeah, not saying he's easy. He's not an easy bull. When uh, when Cooper rode him, maybe it was Minneapolis or something. It was ninety three and three quarters, I believe. That was I don't know if you you got to see that uh, on on the inter- internet, but uh, that that was. In in my time, uh, which it hasn't been very long, but uh, one of the most outstanding bull rides I think I've ever seen. No, oh, I I couldn't agree more. He was the, and that bull, like I said, he's bucked. 
I don't remember the bull ever having a bad day. I mean, and I can remember him making a couple rounds, getting tied up and jump kicked down the buck and shoot, and he was still bucked. I've never seen the bull not buck. Uh, but but I kind of I'm kind of surprised it's taken him <laughs> this long as a nine coming ten year old to to win the world championship because he has bucked so hard. I I thought he would have done it as a five year old. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because he wasn't. I don't know. I mean, I'm glad he he finally got a, a win. Uh, he doesn't look like he's slowing down. I, I'm sure Chad's not taking him off the truck yet. I don't think he can take one off at the top of their game like that. So it wouldn't surprise me if he come back and did it again next year. Uh, that type of genetics, it, it seems like the they're they're, they're built they're to they're built to last. That's right. They they don't peak till they're eight to ten. <laughs> well. Being being a Playboy grandson, and and then the the last year the PRCA's Bull of the Year, uh, I believe they were 94 and some change on them at the PBR finals. Uh, spotted Demon, uh, heck, he he didn't win it till he was 10, and uh, that Jess was 91 on him still this year. Uh, it's it's pretty safe to say that them bulls, they're better when they they got a little age to them, a little gray hair. Right, right. That that goes against everything that I've. Uh... I bred toward. I'm I'm wanting them to peak as uh, 18 to 32 months, and, and here they <laughs> yeah. are peaking at at 10 year olds. It's it's crazy how how far the game has has evolved, or maybe you could say moved back. Uh, some people have two or three trips on their Waynelands already. You know. Oh yeah. Yep. Well, there is there's a substantial amount of money uh, on the line for these young calves starting as a yearling through their four-year-old year. Um, we, we see it every year, bulls winning two, three, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000. It's hard when you got to feed everything to, to not go play for that. Well, and that's – people ask me all the time, why, uh, why are you going to buck that two-year-old so much? And my only answer for them is if I can go win 100000 with a two-year-old, I'm dumb not to. At the end of the day, we got to remember their beef cattle. Uh, anything over a sale barn price that we make with them is really good profit. So, <laughs> and if anybody if you, pays attention uh, right now, the sale barn price is not very high. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So at this at this point, I'm happy if one wins. I'm really happy if one wins ten thousand. Uh, much less if I go win a hundred thousand on one. That's uh, it's just. It is, it's crazy to, to know how much money you can make with a yearling bucking bull. Uh, I'm sure there's lots of them this year that have won over fifteen, twenty thousand. 20,000. That might be something somebody needs to look into because I, I bet there's 30, cap, 30 yearling bulls that have won over 15,000. Yeah, I bet I bet you're right. Maybe maybe on a slow day I'll look into that. <laughs> Good um, luck. It seems yeah. like I'm slow. I, I'm, I'm uh, busier in the winter when most other people are slow it does uh weaning calves and everything else seems like the work doubles in the day is half as long exactly exactly uh one more bullet point to touch on um ourself buckstock news and, and jay with abbi we we gave away an award this year uh the top a top sire and the top dam and scott grover when when he introduced me to give the award away he said i was you could tell i was nervous and uh, I remember telling, like, there was there's four or five hundred people in that room, 
and and I had to give a speech, and I, I sure was nervous. I told somebody afterwards that uh, I was just as nervous as I was calling for my first fighting bull uh, <laughs> to, to give that speech. But anyways, to kind of sum it up just a little bit, and we've talked about some sires and, and cows that had a really good showing in Vegas. Uh, the sire and dam that, that, that was chosen for this award did not have a showing in Vegas, uh, but not to take anything away from, from their offspring all year long. Um, the the sire of Warren Dozier's Hunt You Down, which is like a seven-eighths brother to, to Bruiser, um, his, his calves, he had had a, a calf win at, at every age level from yearling to four-year-old uh, throughout the year. And, and I thought that was pretty pretty substantial as a lot of bulls, they, they only only bred to for a couple of years, or maybe they, they work one year, not the other, whatever the case may be. Um, I thought that was really neat, but to kind of back up just a little bit uh, for, for people listening to kind of get an understanding, I, I was talking, Curtis Peoples, uh, he doesn't know it, but he was kind of the, the spark of, of this award, and I have some, some future plans, and I'll mention those here in a second, for this award, but uh, when he raised riding solo 2018 security world champion and he received the the horizon breeder of the year and in order to receive that award your bull has to the bull you raised has to win the security world title and and I, I i think that is an outstanding award but it's very slim to none very very many guys are going to have a shot at that you know what i mean in, in reality and right. I thought that there's a, there's a lot of people that support the system, register their cattle, enter events that uh, that, that deserve a, a, an award as well. And and so I I basically gathered doing doing our scoreboard all year long with genetics, this that and the other. I kind of put together a top four or five sires and dams that that had success all the way around. Uh, and it wasn't based on on earnings or high score, there wasn't based on one certain variable. I kind of tried to take it all into effect uh, all the way around the picture, and uh, no one's called custom me yet, so I feel halfway decent about it. I was nervous about that. I'm the kind of person that doesn't like anybody uh, mad at me. But anyways, hunt you down. Um, I, I There was um, Goodnight Show was really good. Boudreaux Show, I believe, was his name. He, he was over 90 at Clay Taylor's one time. Uh, this year, and, and he was outstanding. Uh, there was a, a three-year-old, I think they called him Look, 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 uh, as well as a, a two-year-old. I cannot remember what his, his name was. Um, but nonetheless, I thought he, he, he had a great showing as a sire this year. Um, and the dam was CO Cattle's W12. She's a surefire uh, out of Crosswire's mom, 10 The She's an outstanding cow. Um, and she had two bulls eligible to compete. One was an embryo calf, one was a live bred calf, and, and combined them two calves won over a hundred thousand this year. Um, forty sixty Erratus and, and E thirteen hurt so good. Um Erratus uh, of BS Cattle and Joe Nina Webb. That bull is the, the revolution champion. Uh both of those bulls were not just so so in Las Vegas and it, it kinda sucks that uh, that their calves didn't have a real great showing, but nonetheless, they were they were good throughout the year. Yeah, Aratus was uh, he was one that a lot of people might have written off come August or so, but he he uh, he was really good at the beginning of the year and really really stood out at the end of the year as well. Uh, and the Hunch of Down Sons, they they were really really good. 
uh, I, I can't think of any other Bulls uh, throughout the regular season that would have had Bulls at every age mm-hmm. event or age level uh, that, that would have won. That, that's pretty neat to look back and see that. And, and Hunt You Down, uh, they they hauled that bull as a two and three year old, or I mean a, a three and four year old to to some competitions. And he, I, if if I remember right, he was a money winner as well. Uh, I think so, I think you are right. So, so that's pretty neat to go back and see that that was, he was a money winner and his calves are money winners and and passing all that on. Mhm. Well, right here before we get off, I'll kind of bounce this idea off of you and and everybody else can listen in here as well. But what what my my future plans for that and maybe it starts in 2020. But what I'd like to do is I I think it would mean a lot to to breeders that say throughout the year doing the scoreboard, keeping track of these genetic sires and dams, so on and so forth, put together, put together, say a top five ballot of, of everything that, that I, that we've talked about, um, talking about this award and, and then somehow as many emails, phone numbers, text messages, however I got to do it and, and let the, the peers within our industry vote on, on those top five narrowed down sires and dams in order to to determine the the recipient each year moving forward. I think that would be really neat uh and you could kind of it that way it's a people's choice uh they have a say so in it and and get them a little more involved. Mhm. Uh, I think that's a great idea as far as you would have to narrow it down to like I said the th- top 3, top 5 uh cows and sire or dams and sires and then uh let let people vote on it i think that's pretty neat it'll get more people involved and it uh, i'm not saying it's not prestigious to win that but but if if all your peers vote on it and your peers think you got the best cow that's uh, that, that, would, that would mean a lot that would mean more to me you know right exactly exactly oh, not yeah. saying your opinion's not worth anything i'm just saying that no, if no doubt. If 100 people voted on it and they come to the conclusion that I had the best cow, that that would mean something. So for, that, that for means sure. that more than one person thought that. I guess is what I'm saying. Oh yeah, no, no doubt. Well, Laramie, uh, I think uh, I think you got anything else to to top off the the finals recap? Uh, no, I think uh, I think that's it. Uh, I'm excited for next year and. Hopefully we get to commentate a few more. And I was gonna say you better better be ready for for January come come I, Vanita. I'm ready. I am I am ready. <laughs> I'm, I've been I ain't been exercising my boys a whole lot, but I've been working my bulls anyway. So I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll both we both had bulls entered at the finals, and sure we'll both have bulls entered throughout the year. So uh, we, we better get ready on on both ends. That's but. right. That's right. Well, Laramie, I appreciate it. Good talking with you, and uh, we'll we'll see you uh, shortly. All right. Sounds good, Kyle. Thanks for having me. You bet. See you.